Is inflation taking a bite out of your grocery budget? Andrews Federal Credit Union is here to help. Introducing our Inflation Buster Share Certificate with 5% APY for seven months now through December 14th. Bring your money to Andrews Federal Credit Union today. The Inflation Buster account must be open with new money. Andrews Federal Credit Union membership is not just for the military. We also serve the community. Visit andrewsfcu.org. Federally insured by NCUA. Membership eligibility required. APY equals annual percentage yield. Must have a $1,000 minimum balance to earn advertised APY. This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Average Savage podcast. Our special guest today is MLB pitcher Dom Leone. Don, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? Good. How about you? Not bad. You know, surviving the uh, surviving the quarantine. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, take me through... Um, you were just at spring training and uh, like what happened? How did it all go down? Like I think you guys, well, I don't know if you specifically, but I know MLB was playing like, I don't know, the day after everything shut down. Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty crazy. Um, obviously, you know, this happened with all 30 teams, but we basically showed up at the facility, had a team meeting and, you know, the message that we got was that, you know, things are getting pretty serious on a global scale and we should really consider, going home, being with our families, wait, you know, and kind of riding this thing out. And obviously, as things have progressed, uh, you can see, you know, the the statewide quarantines and, and stuff like that. It was kind of a no-brainer for guys to go home. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely got to stay safe. And going back into time a little bit, how would you get started playing baseball? Uh, man, I mean – if you want to go all the way back to the beginning, you know, I played T-ball as a kid and played Little League all, you know, all the way up through high school. And my sophomore year was kind of when I started to realize that baseball was something I was, I was actually pretty good at. Mm-hmm. And so I just started to focus on that a little bit more than everything else. You know, I played basketball and stuff too, but realized, you know, a 5'10 white guy was probably gonna have a hard time <laughs> uh making it in college and, and and further on so i decided to focus on baseball and that's kind of when it took off for me was was probably that sophomore year of high school yeah while you were in high school were you only a pitcher or did you play the field too <laughs> no i actually played positions more than i pitched i obviously was a starter in high school so i pitched every you know fifth day or whatever but then um i played center field i played third base i caught for a while so I, I kind of did everything. All right, that's dope. Yeah, so then what was your recruiting process like out of uh, Norwich Free Academy? Uh, it was pretty crazy. You know, luckily we had a lot of good athletes come out of the, the Northeast. You know, that, that was the time when, um, you know, Matt Harvey and Jesse Hahn were at Fitch. Actually, the NFA, we had Eric Campbell, Andrew Kerrigan, like some, some pretty good baseball players coming out of there. Mm-hmm. So I would say I benefited from that. There were a lot of people, a lot of scouts, a lot of, you know, cross checkers that were starting to take notice. And so, you know, obviously I, I played well in high school and, and got, got seen by the right people. And I ended up going to like two national showcases, which really kind of expanded the recruiting process to, places outside of the Northeast, you know, without those, it was basically UConn, Boston college, you know, university of Hartford, like those schools were, you know, the only options I had. And then I went to those showcases and it turned into 
you know, Clemson, Louisville, North Carolina, like schools, stuff like that. Where were the showcases at? Uh, one was in um, Minnesota. So it was in the old Metrodome, okay. which, which that was cool. Uh, that was the first time I got to like pitch and play on a big league field, which was unreal. And then the other one was down in Lakeland, Florida. It was at the Tigers old spring training facility, but it was like a big national showcase. That was pretty sweet too. That's dope. Um, how did you ultimately pick Clemson? So basically in the recruiting process, you get talked to by all these schools and then you, you know, you set up official visits and, it just so happened that Clemson was my first official visit and I went down there and like, it was immediate. My, my thought process on, wow, like this is, this is crazy. And I, I just fell in love with the campus. The people down there were really nice. I really liked the, you know, the, the freshman class that was there at the time, which, and you know, they, they were great. The guys that host you, they were awesome. Uh, a lot of Northeast kids. So uh, I kind of felt right at home. And ultimately, like they just they told me they were going to give me an opportunity to play, and and I bought into that, and uh, ended up I actually ended up canceling all my other official visits, and uh, and chose Clemson right on the spot, pretty much. Wow! So wow, that's crazy. Did you commit like right when you were there? Or you just went home, and then you just were like, all right, that's where I want to go. Yeah, I, I I ended up going back. You know, my parents and I we flew back to Connecticut, and I just thought about it for a couple of days and was like, I mean, this, this is too good to pass up. You know, I, I had phone calls and stuff with mm-hmm. the other programs I was looking into and, you know, they were, they were getting ready for me to come down and, and do my official visit. But I, um, I ultimately just told them, I was like, sorry guys, you know, it's just, I guess unlucky, but Clemson was first and it's going to be the last too. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, you grew up a UConn fan though, right? I did. Yeah. I grew up, a huge UConn fan. Yeah, that's a, yeah. I remember seeing you like posted all the time. So, was there any like thought of going there or no? Yeah, definitely. They were right up there in the mix. Unfortunately, like it was one of those deals where I don't think like once bigger schools started calling, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think they planned on me staying home. And it, it, there was a big whole you know scholarship money you know thing where they were like, yeah, we we don't have any scholarship left. And I said, oh, okay, well, that kind of makes my decision a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, you know, but it it was definitely uh, definitely in the mix. They actually, that was when they had a really good program. Guys like Springer and Matt Barnes was there. I mean, they, they had a ton of good talent. Weren't you guys matched up versus one year? Yeah, so my yeah. sophomore year, so that would have been 2011, mm-hmm. at Clemson we hosted a regional and UConn came down for the regional. They ended up beating us at Clemson, and they went to the Super Regional play uh, South Carolina. Oh, that's crazy. Were any of your friends on the team? Like, did you know anybody? <laughs> um, I knew, like I said, I, I knew, you know, Springer and, right. and Barnes and a couple other guys. Uh, John Andreoli was on that team. But, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of stunk. Like, that was the one yeah. team I didn't get to play against or I didn't get to pitch against. I was like, the, the starts like didn't match up, so I never ended up pitching against them, but that would have been pretty cool. Gotcha. Uh, what, what was your overall experience like at Clemson? Oh, it was great. Um, I love it to this day. I'm still a, a diehard uh, you know, alumni, I guess you could say, but I had a blast, man. The, the recruiting class that I was in, a lot of great guys, 
awesome friends. I mean, friends for life. The facilities were fantastic. The school was actually pretty good. You know, coming from the Northeast, you don't really know. Like, I didn't know what the heck, you know, Clemson specialized in. I thought it was football, you know, like, <laughs> but they actually have a really good academic program. And no, it's, it, it was, it was such a fun experience for me to, to kind of get out of my comfort zone and, and go down south and, and start to, you know, kind of find new experiences that way. Yeah, and, what, and what was it like? Just you went to College World Series every year, right? Uh, we, the yeah, we. I was gonna say we. So we made it to Omaha my freshman year. That was by far the the best uh, year that we had. Like I said, then we hosted a regional in 2011, and then 2012 we, I think we made the tournament, and we went we went to the South Carolina regional. Um, so yeah, we were in the NCAA tournament every year, but my freshman year was the only time, and actually the last time that Clemson's been to Omaha. Oh, that's crazy. All right, so yeah, going going to your junior year, at the end of the season, what was your decision to enter the draft, and then you ultimately left? So that was definitely tough because I did like uh, Clemson a lot, and obviously I wanted to finish my degree and. You know, all that good stuff. But, you know, I started to see kind of the the writing on the wall where, like, this could be my best opportunity to get into professional baseball. And that was the ultimate goal. And I had a decent junior season. I was getting looked at by some, you know, teams. And what's crazy about the whole, like, draft process is, like, the scouts will just, they'll basically tell you whatever you want to hear, mm-hmm. you know, that, Oh, we're going to draft you high. Or we're going to take you here. You know, you'll get a big signing bonus and all this stuff. And you know, that, that's all good and well, but then, you know, when you're sitting there on draft day and it all doesn't come to fruition, that's where you get, you know, kind of butthurt, but it was tough. And actually I was really close to staying. Um, it's actually a funny story when I got drafted because the season had ended and I was still down in Clemson and a bunch of us were all in the same boat. You know, we were waiting to see if we were going to get drafted and, you know, my college roommate got picked on the first round. So we were all pumped about that. Our catcher got picked in the fifth round. So like we started to see guys go and then, you know, I'm, I kept waiting for my name, waiting for my name. Day one, nothing. Day two, nothing. And that was the first year that they expanded the draft. So I'm like, oh, man, like, I, I don't think I'm going to get picked. Like, I'm just going to stay at Clemson. I'll finish my senior year and, you know, try it again next year. Well, I ended up going out playing golf. And before I teed up on the first tee, I got a phone call from the Mariners, the Mariners area scout. And he called me and he said, hey, Dom, like, we're taking you first pick of the third day, you know, like, 16th round, you know, congrats, you're a Seattle Mariner. And I was like, oh, my God, no like, no way, that's crazy. And he's like, yeah, he goes, you still want to do this? And I was like, yeah, of course. He goes, okay, great. I, I got you on a plane from Providence to Everett, Washington in two days. You know, we'll see, we'll see you soon. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when they say that life comes at you fast, it's uh, it, that's totally true. <laughs> so then – so what was that like that you go to, you go there and then what they were like pitching you to try to get you to sign? 
Yeah. So basically, um, once, you know, once I got off the phone, I, I had to make the decision of whether or not I was going to sign. And I, I told them right then, I said, yeah, like I want to do it. Like I'm going to go. So they got me on a plane. I flew out to Everett. That was where our short season team was mm-hmm. rookie ball. And yeah, I got there, signed my contract and boom, like you start your minor league career right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. And what was the other factor, like, I know usually going for your senior year, it's like, I feel like some teams are frowned upon drafting seniors too. And you have like less leverage, I guess. To go yeah, back. definitely. Yeah. That was for sure a factor. You know, I, like I said, I, I felt like after my junior years where you have your most leverage. Mm-hmm. Now I know the draft process has changed since then, but back then, like a lot of seniors were, it was not frowned upon, but those guys were just unlikely to get drafted and drafted high you know and basically back then i say back then like it's the old days but uh you know like when you looked at the draft and when you looked at where guys got picked one thing i learned was that you know opportunity seemed to come more in professional baseball for the guys that were higher round picks which makes sense. I mean, the team invested a sizable amount of money and a, a higher draft pick in you. Like, they're going to give you every chance they can. So that's where I was like, well, 16th round, like, that's still pretty good. Like, I might get an opportunity. And, you know, who knows what happens. You come back for your senior year, you get hurt. You don't ever get drafted. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. there are too many variables that, that weighed on me, and that's why I just decided to go. Yeah, so, I mean – I guess your rookie minor league season, you killed it. And yeah, uh, I, I had a good, uh, I had a good year. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, and you're, you're like younger than your class, I guess, because you had the late birthday, so you're only twenty at the time. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's was, probably why they liked you too, because you're younger. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was going to say. I mean, I, I couldn't even have a, a legal beer uh, <laughs> out in Pro Ball, so they were like, "Yeah, this kid's going to be straight and narrow. This is good." Uh, and then, yeah, what, what was your first minor league game like? Um, honestly, it was, it was less exciting than like some of the college games I'd been in. Obviously you, you kind of downscale from a big time major D one university where you're playing in front of, you know, six, 7,000 people. And then you go to Everett, Washington, where there's 50 people and it's freezing (laughs) (laughs) and, you know, like totally different vibe. But I mean, it was exciting. I mean, you know that like now this is a job. This yeah. is your career. It definitely brought a different aspect to baseball. And then how was it for you trans- transitioning from a starter to a reliever? Uh, that was actually pretty easy. I've always kind of had a reliever mindset. And, you know, like that, that mindset where you go, okay, I'm taking the ball. I'm literally going to throw this thing as hard as I can for one inning and <laughs> yeah. and call it a day. Um, so it was easy. They, they put me in the pen actually just by chance since I had started that year. It was like, I had like 85 or 90 innings and they were like, we don't want to, you know, over tax you. So we'll put you in the bullpen. And I, like I said, I ended up having a, a really good year. I pitched, I think another 30 something innings in rookie ball. And that off season, they called me and they were like, yeah, like, prepare to be a starter in spring training. And I said, okay, you know, whatever. I did my throwing program all off season. And then they, I got to camp and they were like, no, nah, we're going to keep you in the bullpen. 
I was like, all right, cool, like, whatever. Yeah, so you, you didn't care which you were either starter or reliever? No, I just I wanted the opportunity to pitch. Yeah. That that was really it. And, and then um, it didn't yeah, t- matter. Yeah, take me through the like, what minor league life is like. Uh, it's tough. <laughs> yeah. It's tough. It's it's not all glitz and glam. Like you know, people hear professional baseball and they think you know the guys that make millions and they drive sports cars and have huge houses and there is some of that when you get to the top level. But I mean the grind that you have to put in in the minor leagues is unbelievable. And that doesn't get enough recognition from the general public. I think, I think that gets lost in the, in the realm of, of professional baseball. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's tough, dude. Uh, I remember my first, my first paycheck was like 200 bucks maybe yeah. for a two week paycheck. I mean, it's, crazy. it's unbelievable. You know, and you're, you got to think about it like this. Half of the minor league guys are either high school kids or, you know, kids from different countries, Venezuela, Dominican, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, they don't, I mean, th- those are young, like 16, 17 year old kids, you know, like mm-hmm. imagine putting them out in the real world saying, here you go, here's, you know, $200, two week paycheck. Uh, you, you know, you've got to feed yourself. You got to feed, you know, if you got a family at that time, like, you know, because some of those, some of those uh, Latin kids had had families. You know, they, they start families early, and it's like you got to support. You know, you got to support people on on basically less than minimum wage. It was, it's ridiculous. Yeah, for sure. And I remember there was um, uh, a court case about that, but I don't know. I don't know whatever happened to that. Like, because it was like the minor league players are basically not even making minimum wage. Yeah, I, I do I do remember that, and I don't know what exactly came out of that, but I do know, or like the, I remember the proposed settlement was like less than a thousand dollars a player, mm-hmm. like a minor league play if if they had won, and uh, so I mean I guess everything everything you can get helps, but uh, it wasn't really going to be a, a humongous change. Yeah, and then going through the minor leagues again, you you pretty much killed it and just shot up really fast. I mean, you made the majors in pretty much two years, two seasons. What was yeah, that? What was that like? It was crazy. It was a whirlwind. And, I'm, and, and let me, let me backtrack because, uh, you know, for all the negative things I just said about the minor leagues, I, I did have a lot of fun. I mean, like there are definitely times, you know, challenging times, but there are definitely times where it's a blast. And I think that's what helped me, you know, get up, to the big leagues as fast as I did. It's just because I had good, a good group around me. I had a lot of opportunity, which was nice. And we just had a lot of fun, man. I mean, uh, I remember that first year, let's see, that first full season was 2013. Mm -hmm. And I remember I got sent to low a in Clinton, Iowa, and it was the absolute worst place on earth. I'm sorry if, if anyone from Clinton, Iowa is listening to your podcast, but it was it was brutal. And I could not wait to get out of there. And the only way you get out is you pitch well. So I think my first three games, I pitched really well. I had a big velocity jump that first full season in the bullpen. Like I, I went from throwing like low 90s to like mid to upper 90s. And so I, I did really well in low A. They sent me out after 10 days 
And then I went to high A for probably about three months. That was in high desert, California. Literally just, I mean, it's it's like a sandbox. (laughs) Like there's no tree. It's like no trees, no nothing. It's just straight up desert. I was there for a while. Again, pitch well. It's a really hard league to pitch in just because like all the stadiums are smaller and the ball just jumps out there. A lot of wind. (laughs) I pitched well there. Then I got sent up again to double A. So my third team change. So a lot of move, a lot of moving that year. But honestly, just I kept the momentum going. I got to double A, ended up pitching really well there. And, you know, at the end of that season, they were going to send me to winter ball. And basically what happens is, if they want you to stay sharp and they want you to, you know, continue throwing, they'll send you either to like instructs where they bring you to the, the spring training facility and you go through like a little mini camp or they'll send you to winter ball or they send like their top prospects to uh, the Arizona fall league. And so I finished up in double a and I had a really good year. Uh, and they called me and they're like, Hey, um, we want to send you to winter ball in the Dominican, you know, do you want to go? And I was like, no, not really. Like I just told him, I was like, no, nah, I don't really want to go. I just want to go home, you know, relax, hang out. And then, um, they were like, well, there's also the fall league, you know, we weren't going to send you, but like, if you made a fall league roster would that, you know, make you want to go. And I ended up thinking about it and I said, yeah, sure. I mean, seems like there's some good competition out there and, you know, and, at the time it was like a really big thing for like certain prospects and, and people to go watch and see. And so I ended up doing that. So basically that year ran like from February till I think Foley got done end of November of just constant baseball. And it was just a crazy roller coaster ride. Yeah. That's a, that's a long year. Yeah. And like when they ranked the prospects, did you notice you got like ranked higher after that season? Uh, that, yeah, that was the first time I actually saw my name on a prospect list. Uh, it used to be like to the top 30 prospects for every organization. Mm-hmm. And at the time, like uh, I, first of all, there was no chance I was getting on that prospect list. And then I had the, that season, that first whole season. And uh, that was the first time I think I was like still like up in the, 20s or something but at least i made it and i was like all right cool i think i'm at least getting some recognition this is kind of sweet and going into the minors did you have like a goal of when you wanted to make the majors no i mean definitely not a timeline um obviously i just i wanted to make it that's the goal and um you know whether it took one year or 10 years um you know I, i just wanted to make it whenever the time was right um and if I earn it, I earn it. Yeah. So then going into the 2014 season, did you, you made the big league roster out of spring training? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I got invited. So after that fall league in, in 2013, I got invited to big league camp, my first big league camp in 2014. And that was nuts. You know, talk about being starstruck <laughs> and, you know, you're in a locker room with, you know, all big league guys now. And I had just turned 22, you know, and I'm like, there's no way I belong here. And I remember my locker was like in the very corner of the locker room, just kind of separated from everybody else. 
And I remember I used to sit in my locker, like not even on the chair. I would I would push my clothes aside and sit in my locker because I'm like, I don't I don't want them to come find me and tell tell me they're going to send me down. <laughs> but it was nuts, man. I I had a blast, and I just I went into it going. I mean, look, I got nothing to lose. You know, I'm just going to come in here, pitch my ass off, and and see what happens. And uh, like you said, it turned out pretty damn cool where I was there until the very last day. They actually sent me down the very last day. They sent me to AAA Tacoma. And it was more because they had a guy on the roster, and if they were going to keep me, they had to make a roster move and let somebody else go. And it was a complicated process. But I didn't even pitch one game in Tacoma. Like The season started a couple of days after the big league season. And um, I think it was literally three or four days in, I got a phone call and they were like, hey, man, like you're getting called up. Congrats. Yeah, that's awesome. And then, yeah, take me through the first game. Like They call you from the bullpen, and then what happens? Yeah, so my first big league game was in Oakland. Um, I made my debut April 6th, and I remember they called down. They had me get going. I was so nervous because, first of all, I have a huge pet peeve of bullpens being on the field. Okay. It's an absolute mess. Yeah, it it's is. like That's the dumbest thing in the world. Not to mention you've got like 10,000 screaming fans literally right hovering over the bullpen just yelling at you, booing you. <laughs> I was like, all right, here we go. Like, I'm getting thrown to the wolves here. And so I remember jogging in, and on my jog, I just, I focused just on the ground. I was just like, just don't trip. Like, just don't trip, don't fall. I was just staring at my feet, like, okay, one after the other, you know, don't, don't fall over. But it was odd because as soon as I got on the mound, everything went back to normal. Like, you just kind of, you zone everything out and, and it just becomes baseball again. Um, and then, of course, you know, literally, I remember my first batter, I faced Eric Sogard, a uh, little, little second baseman. He was, uh, I think he's a switch hitter. Anyways, double, give up a double down, <laughs> down the line. And I was like, okay, here we go. Welcome to the big leagues. And who, who was your first strikeout against? I know you got a strikeout that game, too. Uh, Coco Crisp. All right, that's a good name. First, I know. Well, so growing up, growing up a Red Sox fan, I remember you know him being in center field for the Sox, and I'm like, oh, sick, cool, Coco Crisp, boom, got him first punch out. Yeah, that's dope. Um, and then, yeah, what else was your major league experience like your rookie year? And uh, you did the haze you in any way? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, well, I, I guess compared to now. You know, now you can't do anything, but yeah, I mean, I, I had the pink backpack, you know, I had to fill it up every day, waters and Gatorades and, uh, you had to carry it every game, but there's no true way to describe that first big league season. I mean, it was unbelievable. We had such a good bullpen. The guys down there were awesome. I'm pretty sure we ended up that Mariners 2014 bullpen ended up being, I think one of the best in the league that year. And I mean, we, we do, we just had so much fun. I mean, we would be out there just chirping outfielders every, every chance we could like just having a blast, telling jokes, laughing. But then it's like, as soon as somebody's name got called, it was like, all right, here we go. Going to war. 
and and we dominated that year. It was it was so much fun, and I learned so much, so many things that that I I still value today as I'm still playing. And did like anyone take you under their wing and like teach you the show you the ropes? Yeah, I mean, honestly, that that whole ten did. I was the youngest guy in there by far. But I had guys like Joe Bimal. He was like a crafty 38-year-old lefty who'd been doing it forever. Tom Wilhelmson was a stud. Charlie Furbush was a stud. Danny Farquhar was on that team. Fernando Rodney was a closer. I mean, all of those guys. We were so close, like such a tight-knit group. You know, I basically followed those guys around like a puppy dog all season. <laughs> you know, just had to just make sure I didn't screw up or, you know do something stupid I, I was just constantly like in their hip pocket like oh, okay cool like they're doing this I, I'm, I'm gonna give you that yeah and then the the following year um you get traded so what happened there uh pretty crazy um that's a whole nother aspect of baseball that that you know is go, go, kind of goes under the radar but I didn't start the year uh well at all I pitched I pitched like shit to be quite honest <laughs> and uh I remember I was up in Seattle and I went home to my apartment and I got a phone call from the GM at the time. And he, and he says, Hey, uh, we just traded you to Arizona. You know, thanks for everything. Uh, you have a flight at 7am and I'm like, Oh crap. <laughs> I had to pack up, I had to pack up my car, my apartment, you know, clean out the fridge. Like dude, I had to do all that stuff literally in like five hours. And it was nuts. I mean, it's crazy when you get traded and, and you know, from the other side, like Arizona called me and they're like, yeah, we're so excited to have you. You're going to be a guy for us. And, you know, it's crazy. I mean, it's cool. Like, like there's another organization that really wants you. It's just, it's kind of a whirlwind of emotion. You know, for me, like I, I always loved Seattle. I still do. It was, it was a great spot. Um, I had a, I had a ton of fun, like I said, it's just, it's so crazy just being in the business of it all though. And like, just understanding how good of a year I had the year, the year prior. And all of a sudden I start off really kind of slow and next thing you know, boom, you're gone. Yeah. I think, I think the most underrated thing in sports is just like the travel. Yeah. That you guys have to there, do. Like, it's just crazy to me. There's no doubt. I mean, the, the, that Seattle team, we traveled, I think, 10,000 more, you know, air miles than any other team that year. Yeah, that's, that's just insane. Yeah. And then, yeah, just going throughout the years, you played in Arizona. Then um, you came back and uh, did you get you got traded to Toronto? No. So I, I actually got designated. Arizona, basically, yeah, they, they took me off their 40-man roster. But luckily, Toronto claimed me, picked me up, and that was 2017. Yep. Yeah, so got, got claimed by them, and that was another unreal experience. Like, I had a ton of fun there. Again, just the, you know, the, the transaction wire uh, is, is something that goes just unnoticed. You know, like, it's just crazy how many guys, you know, get picked up, traded, DFA'd, released, uh, you know, all that stuff happens in the blink of an eye and it's just, it's nuts. Yeah, what other things did you have to do when you had to move to Toronto? Like obviously a different country. Uh, crazy. We had to, you know, like I had to get a Canadian social security card. 
like the whole tax thing is just a complete joke. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah, it's just nuts. I mean, well, I mean, it's literally you're working in another country. So yeah. I had to get a work permit, you know, a lot of that stuff. I mean, every time we flew in and out, uh, you had to go through customs. So that was a bitch of a process. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but I mean, it, like, again, that that's a place. I mean, if, if people haven't gone to Toronto and experienced Toronto, it's unbelievable. You guys have to, like, people have to go. It's such an underrated city. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I I see the fans just on TV. They're they're crazy there. Oh god, yeah. They they. I mean, they they live and die by honestly all Toronto sports. I mean, it's the the passion up there is, is nuts. And then uh, again, you got traded. What, what is all this movement like in getting traded and wavered, and now you're on, and then you get traded to the Cardinals? Uh man, I know it's it was crazy because I was getting ready to go to spring training in Dunedin uh, with Toronto in that 2018 year. It was January when I got traded. And like, like you said, all this movement, I mean, it's overwhelming. It's hard, especially like when you start factoring in family and, you know, like I got married in 2016 and like now I'm taking my wife everywhere and she's following me around. And so it was, all the movement is just nuts. Um, even still, I mean, I'm still moving around you know, now I'm with Cleveland. So <laughs> it's, it, it is, it's crazy. It's, it's definitely an adjustment and a lot of guys struggle with it, to be quite honest. It's a really, really difficult thing to, to deal with. But at the end of the day, you just got to think about, you know, these teams want you, they, they're going to give you an opportunity to play. And, and that's the ultimate goal is to, to keep your career going. Yeah, I don't know. You had you had a great season with Toronto. Were you like disappointed that they didn't keep you? Yeah, a little bit. I was looking forward to going back again. It was kind of like the same thing, you know, the same Seattle situation where it was like I had a really good year. I really liked the city. I really liked the people. I really liked the staff, the players. Like it just felt like a really good fit. And then all of a sudden, boom! I have no control over it. But hey, you got to go to a different spot. So that was definitely frustrating. But again, I mean. I, luckily, I landed in a, in another good spot in St. Louis. I mean, the, all the players there, they definitely had some experienced guys too. I mean, it, that was that was a whole other roller coaster ride in my career. Yeah, and then uh, I know you got released by them this off season. So then you were a free agent. Was that that was like the first time you were a free agent, right? Yeah, um, talk about pins and needles, man. Um, you know, sitting around waiting for a job. Talk about stress too. That that, that was tough. It's exciting though when you get like a list of teams that you know call and they they want you. That was kind of fun, but I don't know. It's again, it's it, these are all things that like people don't people don't realize. Like you're you're literally out of a job and you're just sitting around waiting, and all of a sudden, you know, I think it was January, like late January this year when like four or five teams called all all in the same day. And they're like, all right, here, we, we have this offer. Take it. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like I had nothing for four months. And now all of a sudden I've got to make a snap decision. Like right now, like what? Yeah. But yeah, it was crazy. And I, again, I'm, I'm really happy. I picked Cleveland. I was actually really excited to potentially get an opportunity there. And of course, then the whole world had to get shut down, you know? So <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> did you uh meet uh chris antonetti i know he's from connecticut too 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I met Chris. Um, you know, he was the one I talked to on the phone, uh, quite a bit when I was making my decision. Very good guy. Very, you know, straightforward. Just tell, tells you, you know, what you need to hear and, and is very truthful and very honest. And that was definitely one thing I liked kind of drew me to their organization. And then in the, during the off season, what's your um, pitching workout routine like? Um, it's definitely changed over the years, but like for me, I start throwing in December. So I'll start throwing basically December 1st and I just build myself up. You know, when you've been doing this for, you know, this is now year eight of professional baseball, you know, you start to figure out what you need and what you don't. Um, I remember early on in my career, like my off season throwing program was like very intense. I was trying to, you know, build up as much arm strength as possible. You know, now I know my routines where I'll throw a couple days a week, get just, just get it in, get the arm moving again. And, um, I could get myself to a good spot for, you know, February whenever spring training comes around. And then what advice would you give to a young athlete or a young baseball player? Hmm. I think the biggest piece of advice I can give is just, just make sure you're still having fun. You know, there, there were definitely times in my career, you know, during all that change and all that movement and, you know, all the ups and downs where I lost kind of that, that fun, that, that, that feeling of it's a game, you know, that, I get to play a game for a living. Like that's unbelievable. I would say always just make sure, like always double check on that, that you're having fun. Cause there's nothing worse than, uh, you know, being miserable. And this, this game is hard. And honestly, it goes farther than baseball, you know, baseball, basketball, football, any sport or anything you're into. I mean, it, failure is going to be an aspect of it. And you have to keep reminding yourself that, uh, you know, as long as you're having fun, as long as you're enjoying what you're doing, you know, you'll make it out the other side. Yeah, definitely. Have you faced any of your Clemson teammates? Uh, I have. I faced uh, the one that's popping into my head uh, most is Brad Miller. He was my shortstop there when when we were both at Clemson together. We we're still good buddies, still good friends. I remember I faced him. I was in Toronto, and he was with Tampa Bay. Yeah, it's dope. You ready for some fun questions? They're gonna go from average to savage. Yeah, man, let's do it. All right, what's your what's your favorite song right now? Ooh, favorite song right now. Um, that's a good question. Um, oh man, <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know. It's definitely some country. I've been just rocking out to country Spotify. <laughs> All right. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to look up my my Spotify playlist here. We'll go. We'll we'll go back. I'll find the name of the song. I got to think right. of it. All right. What about what, what was your first big purchase? Ooh, uh, I bought a Jeep. I bought a, a Jeep Grand Cherokee. Um, I remember I, that was like the big thing. I, I didn't want to get like a super, super nice car, but yeah. like that was, that was pretty dope. I like that guy. What about who's your top five favorite pitchers of all time? Top five. Uh, definitely. Number one is Pedro. Number two would have to be Craig Kimbrell. Number three would be Roger Clemens. 
four would be Felix Hernandez. And five, I would have to say, is probably Mariano. Uh, yeah, solid list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who was uh, your favorite strikeout against so Ooh. far? Favorite punch out? Yeah. <sighs> probably, probably Big Poppy. Oh, that's dope. That's that's a good one to have on your list yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> What about what? What's your favorite ballpark to play at? Oh man, it's got to be Fenway. Yeah. Just because I grew up, I mean, I grew up there. Like I, I grew up going to games there. I was a big Red Sox fan. I still remember the first time I, I walked out of the dugout there, and I was just like blown away. I mean, that that place is an absolute baseball cathedral. Well, I gotta ask you then did did they hit you up this off season? No, um, they didn't. I was definitely bummed about that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, especially because I I've always pitched well there too, and I was just like, oh man, maybe maybe Boston will come calling. And, but no, we we never had any serious talks with them. And then, what what do you like to do in your free time? I'm a big golfer. Uh, I like to go play golf. I'm not very good, but I I like to do that. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think. I mean, down here in the south, everyone's like a hunter, and like I'm I'm just not big on that. Like I. I wouldn't know what the heck I'm doing. Plus, I don't have the patience for it. Yeah. Uh, I would definitely say I would definitely say golf is is the the biggest thing that I do in my off time. And what's your what's your favorite food spot in Clemson? Ooh, um, there's two spots. There's a there's a Japanese steakhouse place. Uh, it's called Osaka. Unreal. I would recommend it. And the other place is Potbelly Deli. It's a, like a little breakfast uh, deli place. Like if, if anyone goes to Clemson, you gotta check those two spots out. Oh yeah, I heard I heard a pot belly because my, my my boy went to Clemson, so I remember him oh, talking yeah. about that. Yeah, <laughs> pot belly. I mean, it's like one of those places that if you don't get there at the right time, you're waiting for like an hour to get in. <laughs> it's nuts. Oh, what about oh, what's your favorite pizza in Connecticut? Oh, <laughs> oh, that's a that's a good one. Um, it's got to be Peppy's, uh, the New Haven, right. down in New Haven. It's got to be. Have, have you had not, Sa- not the one Sally's in Modern? No. Oh, you got to have them. Sally's the one next no door to it. Really? Yeah. No, I haven't had that. Yo, maybe we'll have, maybe that. when you're back up here, we'll have to do a pizza review together. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> do it Portnoy style. Yeah. That'd be, yeah, that'd be badass. <laughs> All right, last one. Who would you want to do a jersey exchange with that you, if you haven't done, or that you haven't done one with? Ooh, do you guys do that actually in the MLB? Uh, no, I haven't seen it. Um, I think it'd be cool though. Yeah. That'd be badass. Um, if I were to do it right now, a good jersey swap I think would be like Trout. Yeah, that that would be pretty badass. Like especially like if I punch him out and then <laughs> like to end the game. You know, and then like you run over to him, hey man, like jersey swap. He'd probably be like, he'd probably be like, screw you, bro. Like, <laughs> oh man, that'd be, that'd be a pretty, that'd be a pretty badass one, though. Yeah, for sure. Well, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, could you let the listeners know where they can follow you at? Yeah, man. Um, you can follow me on uh, Instagram, dleon twenty six. Um, that's really the only social media I'm on. But please follow me. Uh, you know, I, I'm not a big poster, but uh, that'd be. That'd be cool to get my follow game up. Yeah, um, you do not like social media? 
I mean, I, I do. I had a Twitter a long time ago, and I would just get blasted. Uh, <laughs> people would blow me up, like, if I had a bad game. And I was like, dude, I'm tired of reading this. Like, so... <laughs> So I just stick to Instagram, like like I said, DLeon26. Give me a follow. All right, again, I appreciate it, and uh, good luck this season. Hopefully, uh, there is a season. Hey, man, yeah, I know, right? Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.